we appreciate your your presence to the meeting as well. All that I was saying is that we are proceeding uh, in the interest of time. We are going to take it from where we left it yesterday in terms of the engagement. We were at a point where we are now affording the ministry to respond to the questions, to the comments and the engagement that we, that we had yesterday. I'm going to give over to the two deputy ministers, uh, starting with Minister Twitter, uh, Deputy Minister Twitter to respond, and thereafter I'll give Honorable Deputy Minister Masobo to also make some remarks and respond to the questions as raised yesterday, and thereafter the DG will come in in respect of articulating those particular issues and responses as we discussed yesterday. Uh, over to you, Honorable Deputy Minister Chueten. Morning, Honorable um, the Chairperson of the National Assembly, and also um, our from the NSOP and our Chairperson from the NA, uh, Ms. Rosina, and Honorable Members. Um, thank you very much for this opportunity. And um, yesterday, I listened to all the questions that were asked by members. And I noticed that because I'm responsible for military veterans, the title deeds, the delivery of title deeds, and also the upgrading of informal settlement. I'm going to um, answer those that are in my delegations of work and also give others to the DG and the acting DG of human settlement. Let me start with the, 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 the question of the title deeds. Honorable Corny, Honorable Enoch Mutetwa, Honorable Emma Powell, Honorable Martha Mwola, Honorable Golani Ngwezi, Honorable Kenny Mutamai, Honorable Noluvuyo Tafing. They are questions, they were much related around the title deeds. Maybe let me highlight some of the issues that they've asked. Um, the ones of, of the members, the first one was military veterans do not have title deeds. Why and when will they be issued? Honorable Noluvuyo asked the, the title deeds, are they useful? And then Kolani Ngwezi and also um, Honorable Powell, the question was around the budget allocated for title deeds program and how much is required for one title deed and also overall budget adequate for providing all delayed title deeds and honorable uh, members those title deeds are delivered during elections. Why? The other question uh, was uh, coming from Honorable Inokum Tetwa. What is the plan for the title deeds register? And the, the other um, question was around the money given to eradicate title deeds 
why not a We seem to have lost the sound. Hello, Chaperson, your mic is off. Mr. Dodovu, your mic is off. Hey, audible. Hello, Chair. Yes, we can hear you now, Ms. Nista. The mic is off. System, unmute your mic and speak because your, your, your mic is, is, is muted. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Hello. We can hear you, too. Yes, we do. We can, we can hear you, you System. Thank you so much. The grant started in the year 2018-2019 and will end in the year 2020-21 financial year. The last allocation for this year is 577. If you remember, slide 20 was telling us that the money given is 577 million. There will be no other allocation in the coming years. Provinces, if not used, will have to apply for rollover. That is what we do. If people or if provinces don't use their money, we encourage to do rollover. And, and this year, we have about 577 million. The main reason for not spending is the lack of township established approval by municipality. That's, I, I think I, I did answer this question in the meeting of, of the portfolio committee. It means that houses were not built without approval of township proclamation by municipalities. And this is in line with the special planning and land use management, which is Pluma requirements, and includes outstanding services certificates. That is why sometimes we, we, it's not on our side. When sometimes people are not delivering um, title deeds, it's because of members sometimes that is, the, the national will then be delayed by people who do not actually work in line with special planning and land use management. And then again, uh, there was a question of the military veterans. That the military veterans this year is our priority. But because of COVID-19, we couldn't. Um, uh, 
do our work because we are now locked down in our housing. Otherwise, Honorable uh, uh, Kenny, it's our priority. We are going to make sure that we we deliver a title deeds. And when Honorable Nolvuyo said, will title deeds be useful? I think I grew up, my father saying, I need a title deed for my land. And it means you own the land. You can't have a house and land without anything that says this belongs to you. So for me, I always feel that it is very important, even if when you die tomorrow, your children must actually have something to say that this is my mother's land and my father's land. And going to another question which was asked, which is around upgrading of informal settlements. Honorable Nita wanted to know the areas where we're doing this informal upgrading of informal settlements. And, and I know that in Dangan village, I was one of the people who signed the MOU. And the worry of the, also the, 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 the honorable members, how do we work with municipalities and provinces? I think we are happy now. We have the district service delivery model. So it means three spheres of government. We're working together. There is nothing like municipalities or province or national working alone. We are working together, three spheres of government to deliver. We have about 29 informal settlements identified. And we have from those about five that are already being implemented on a later. That was your question. And the other one, the first one is the one that I spoke about, Dangan village in the Eastern Cape, Danun and Itamba in the Western Cape, Kennedy Road in Etequini, in Joeka in Alex, and Deepwood in Gauteng. Those are the areas that we're working on at the moment. Honorable members, uh, Honorable Rosina, your worry was how do we coordinate our work with provinces and municipalities? I think I've already touched on the district service delivery model that we are using. And I think it's actually assisting us to make sure that we, we work together with um, municipalities and provinces. All the members, I think it, 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 it can't be right to say we only deliver when it's close to um, elections. I was in KZN last year. I went to two districts and also to two provinces to deliver um, title deeds. I can't be right, and it, it is not right to say we only deliver when it's close to elections. We, when provinces are ready, we deliver any time 
not close to. If it happens that it's close to elections, we're not going to stop doing our work because it's close to, to elections. We have a program, the whole year program of our delivery. And it hap- if it happens to be close to elections, we don't stop and say, no, this is going to be very close to uh, uh, elections. So let us stop for elections to pass. We don't do that. We work until we finish our program. Honorable members, Honorable Powell, we know you worry that uh, you are worried about 2023 onward. And I I promise that we do have money that we are going to use if we run short of our budget. And I do want to say we are working very hard with provinces and also municipalities to make sure that we are not getting or having problems of shortage of budget. Uh, we, 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 as, as a department of human settlement, it's not the first time that we talk about this. We know that most of the time people accuse department for not delivering. We are stuck now because of COVID-19 we deliver. I think when the minister Sisulu started, she wanted us to clap hands because we are delivering. The last answer that I would like to raise, uh, Honorable Rosina and Honorable Dodovu, is that the Duncan village, we are not only building houses in the Duncan village only. We are now looking at Buffalo City as a whole, which includes the other areas, not only Dangan Village. And I do want to say there's a lot of work done, honorable members. They've already identified the land. The land is identified. And some of them are going to go to Ristin and other places that are identified. We are Worried about COVID-19, let me be honest to honorable members. There was um, on TV saying we are detensifying. We're looking at making sure that if we take people from where they are, we look at our list of people that have been waiting for houses. And we're going to take those. And before we take people to any area, because also Dangan Village, we make sure that there must be water and sanitation where we're going to take people to. We emphasize to officials that whenever we take people from one area to another, the first thing that we must do is to make sure that there is also water and again, the, 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 the is sanitation. The unfortunate part is that 
we we need to to do more and work with other departments for COVID-19. For instance, if we take people like what we are going to do, we will work in collaboration with the MEC for health to make sure that when we take people from one area to another area, they are screened so that we don't spread the virus. That's what we want to do. And we are hoping that uh, members of parliament, again, when we start that process, will give report to, to members of parliament. I think other questions were more technical. They are for the, 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 the DG and also the acting DG. Both, both DGs are acting, acting water and sanitation, acting um, uh, uh, and human settlements. And I do want to say, all of the members, if you have other questions to ask, I'll wait for, for, for those questions. For now, all of the members, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Deputy, Deputy Minister. Uh, Deputy Minister Mathobo, the stage is yours. Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Your Excellencies, uh, Co-Chairs uh, for Select Committee, COCTA, Human Settlement Water, and uh, Comrade China, Dodovu, and Mayor Rosina. Uh, to members of the two houses, and to Deputy Minister Umam Dredd and the, and the officials. Chair, I will not be commenting now because uh, you were clear yesterday. If members have chosen to engage the report of DPME and the report from the Statistician General that relates to matters of water and sanitation, I was going to comment. I will wait for the guidance by your good selves to say how do you want to handle the two reports because uh, initially members, they said they have no comments, but when they started discussing matters of the APP and the stretch plan for human settlement, they started making some references. But I'm not going to be venturing into it now. Safe to say that the issue that are raised by both the reports when you convene us to come and present the straight plan in the APP for water and sanitation, we'll be able to demonstrate how far have we taken those issues into consideration. Uh, those are the comments that I'll be able to, to say so that we can be able to focus on the business why you convened the, the joint uh, sitting to be able to process vote, vote uh, 38 that deals with issues of uh, human settlement. I'll be here so that I can be also be able to take note for certain issues that related to the other era of work where one supports the minister. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Mashabo. I think you are correct. You will have your opportunity as the the branch, the Department of Water and Sanitation to deal with those issues. But I think the presentation yesterday was very much useful to honorable members so that they understand the, the nature and the challenges that, are, that we are facing from the side of water. And at that time, the appropriate time when we engage with your department, we will be empowered 
we will have the necessary tools and knowledge of how to deal with uh, the issues pertaining to water and sanitation. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, Honorable Edwin DG, over to you. Morning, Chair, Honorable Chair, Dodogo, uh, uh, and Mayor uh, Rosina Simenia, uh, Honorable Deputy Ministers, Honorable Members. Chair, with your permission, I'll ask uh, Mr. Leshabane, who's uh, on the line, to start and then covered by the uh, finance issues by Ms. Bele and then any of the other compliance issues, and then I will then uh, close uh, and cover any points that have not been covered. Thank you. Good morning, Chair, um, the Deputy Ministers and members, your colleagues. All in all, Chairperson, there were about 53 questions asked yesterday. Uh, in addition to the Deputy Minister's initial uh, replies, we will proceed to provide the details as per the questions asked. I accept, uh, Chairperson, that the starting point is then the strategic plan as well as the annual performance plan that was tabled in Parliament. Accordingly, Chair, um, let me address the questions as were made yesterday. Perhaps the bigger starting point is on spatial transformation. Several members asked questions around the spatial transformation objective that we are pursuing. It is perhaps important to note that while our target is 94 in these five years, um, in the few weeks' time, we will, as per minister's approval, gazette all of those areas. And given the opportunity, Chair, we can possibly come back to the committee and present specifically on those priority human settlements development areas. But safe to say that it is in those areas that the department will be directing its capital grants. Secondly, to partner with private developers, private landowners, industrialists, and so forth, to be able to generate a coherent spatial form in those areas. And therefore, the usual tensions of exclusivity, inclusivity, is what then we will address in those areas. But bear in mind that there's also the need to improve those townships or those areas that are decaying. Some parts of inner cities, some parts of old townships that are deformalizing and therefore getting to become informal. So it's really urban renewal. It's really building new, smart, urban places in these priority areas. And again, we'll be more than happy to present those specific details in that respect. And it is a joint effort between national province and municipalities as well as non-state actors in that respect. Chairperson, the members also asked about the rectification program. 
the rectification program together with the program to complete blocked projects. They remain available to provinces. And as things stand now, an MEC is required to apply to the minister for approval to implement these projects. All that has been done, Chairperson, is to ensure that we do not use the new resources to service old failures. And I'm saying old failures where projects were blocked or um, poorly built. You need to then be able to extract accountability for those who are responsible for that. That is why it's important that each province applies to the minister with the necessary motivation and quantification for that program to be implemented. That is, is in respect with rectification. Chairperson, I want to confirm that in respect of title deeds, just to add on where the deputy minister left off, the capacity to deliver a title deed, it's the system of government across the board. That requires the deeds office on the one hand, it requires the surveyor general on the other hand, to approve all of the submissions that a municipality, a developer would have made in respect of a settlement. That is what the deputy minister was talking about. Formalize the townships. Why? So that you can have a township register out of which you can transfer property. Now, the backlog arises on many grounds in that where obviously in the past certain settlements were built with the understanding that the formal process of proclaiming the township would then be followed. But then that did not happen. On the other hand, you have a scenario where services were put on the ground, but the township uh, layout, as in the surveyor general diagram, were never finalized with the office of the surveyor general. So the work that the department does with the provinces and the municipalities now is to conclude those processes. In some cases, households reside in the houses. Now, the municipality then is reluctant to issue clearance certificates to enable the transfer of those properties to the end user because the services have been consumed and therefore that is one other area that we are attending to. I can safely say that there is capacity, not just in the national department, in the provinces, in the municipalities, and we supplement that with consulting town planners, land surveyors, to be able to generate all of that work to deliver the title deeds. Secondly, Chairperson, the delivery of rental stock, members would recall through the Social Housing Act, we can only deliver social housing in restructuring zones that the minister declares. And therefore, these are spread across provinces, across municipalities. And therefore, again, we can bring forth to the committee the declared restructuring zones where these social housing projects are being implemented. But 
It's a fair spread across the provinces. Uh, similarly, the community residential units, still, they are across the provinces, across the municipalities. That also is information that can be availed to uh, the committee going forward. Chairperson, I can confirm also that the upgrading of informal settlements, it's a program that recognizes that people have settled on a piece of land. Therefore, that settlement requires to be formalized. Therefore, you upgrade it. You improve the roads. You improve the layout so that people can then settle properly, but also in a functional way. You also secure their tenure because most of the time, informal settlements occur on land that the occupants don't own. And therefore, you have to resolve the underlying land question insofar as assembling it, if it's privately owned, ensure that there's an exchange of that land with the private owner to enable you to create the township. Now, the end state of settlement upgrading is that you can then have the situation where you have a proper settlement where people have title and then you can build proper structures, even the infrastructure. As things stand now, unless you formalize that settlement and upgrade it, you cannot provide permanent services, especially infrastructure. Now, the reason we are then upgrading is to bring those settlements to a state where they can be formalized and therefore residents can enjoy full title, they can enjoy proper services, and that is why it's incremental because it is not possible to simply move people, build a township and then bring them back. It's not always possible in that sense. And that is why it does take a bit of time because it's not greenfield. You are negotiating with the community. You are agreeing with them. You are entering into a social compact. That's always been government's policy in that regard. And therefore, Chairperson, um, some settlements can be formalized within five years. Some take longer. Um, and therefore, it is a program that is community-driven, community-based, and it's incremental. I thought I must clarify that, Chairperson. Similarly, some of the informal settlements are on land that is not habitable, dolomitic, flood lines, wetlands, and so forth. And therefore, in those instances, those settlements cannot be upgraded where they are. That means you have to relocate the community out of that dangerous space because if it's in a floodplain, we all have seen these cases where the floods come during rainy seasons and the people are washed away. It's a crisis. It's a disaster. Similarly, if people are settled on dolomite, those areas tend to fall in and they sink. So we have to then relocate those people. That's why our approach, as per the policy, requires that we check what is the underlying soil conditions uh, so that we do the geological studies to understand that and make informed decisions. Chairperson, um, I also thought I must address the question of rural housing, uh, especially on communal land. As things stand now, between the municipality and the traditional leadership 
on communal land. They agreed to release a portion of land so that houses can be built. That's on the one side, especially if it is township-style houses. On the other hand, people in rural areas already own their land. They are on land that they've been allocated uh, for, for generations by the traditional leadership. All that the department does, the program allows them to identify those households who require better structure. And therefore, the approval of a subsidy is to build their houses on the land that they already are allocated by the uh, traditional leaders. So from that point of view, Chairperson, there has not been a problem. Safe to say, you then have to consolidate the services there. That is why the minister has been quite um, specific about the need to then make sure that those houses are provided with uh, water storage tanks, for example, because you don't have piped water in those uh, villages. So that program exists to deal with that specifically. Now, going forward, Chairperson, the further questions that were raised relates to, in part, how then are we as a department engaging with communities during upgrading? And again, the Deputy Minister dealt with that aspect. I just thought I must confirm that it is actually a policy requirement that you mobilize the community that is so affected to be able to improve the living conditions there. Chair, the further questions that arose related to um, the funding for title deeds. The fact that we took a three-year window to just ring fence the funding for title deeds in the grant was intended to bring sharper focus on the program. But we have also seen that by isolating the title deeds from the mainstream of planning and program management in the provinces, then we're creating duality. So what has been done now is to say the funding of title deeds will still be funded through the main grant. So the Human Settlements Development Grant still provides for the funding of title deeds as the case may, uh, is. The, the, there is no loss of funding. There is just the location of the funding with the mainstream of the program. That's where uh, this program is located. Last, or it's not last, but Chair, further to that, the reduction of the budget as indicated. Members would recall last year when the Minister of Finance tabled the midterm budget policy statement, the indication was that we are going to have to cut government expenditure. Why? To be able to bring into alignment the expenditure vis-a-vis -vis the revenue to the state. That's how the cut, the 15 billion rands the CFO talked about, came about. And therefore, the department then plans within what is available in terms of the fiscal allocations. Chairperson, I want to confirm also that the program to deliver service sites remains 
a robust one. You would have noticed that the target for the next three years is to deliver 300,000 service sites. It is exactly chairperson to be able to release those households that only want to access a piece of land that they can then build their own house on. Some can afford it, some will build incrementally, and that's how you generate community ownership in that regard, but also you empower households to exercise their own choices and options. But let's accept, Chairperson, the revenue available, or rather the grant that's available to the department, is inadequate to meet the whole housing need. That is why, therefore, the shift is now increasingly towards allocating service sites for households that so qualify. Uh, and that's why the Zenzeleni program will then run on the back of the service stands program as we indicate, Chairperson. Uh, Chair, I think the, these plans uh, are available per province, uh, and I'm sure members, when they interact with each of the provinces, they will see each province has planned exactly to deliver informal settlements, title deeds, uh, wherever they need to rectify, service sites, all of that breakdown is available, Chairperson. Um, Chair, there was an important question raised by Honorable Ngwezi insofar as the allocation of land in tribal areas, uh, on communal land, where it may not necessarily be in the best interest of spatial con consolidation. And we've seen those instances. Chair, I am alive to the fact that between the municipality and the local uh, traditional leadership, there is a conversation. In fact, I, I will get the necessary section in the act where it is possible to contract between the traditional leadership as well as the municipality, especially to harmonize the questions around spatial planning, spatial development, and so forth. Where we sit, Chairperson, through the Interministerial Committee on Land Reform, we have been required to work with the Department of Rural Development Land Reform, traditional, uh, yeah, DCOC, no, there's the DTA, Department of Traditional Affairs, to be able to harmonize this space. In some cases, it works. So in some cases, it doesn't work. So we just want to create commonality and harmonize all of that. Now, Chairperson, I can confirm also that um, the increase in the budget for appointment of consultants, it is a necessity. When the National Department assumes the responsibility to intervene, you require specialized professionals, town planners, engineers, land surveyors, and so forth. And therefore, most of the programs that we are supporting the provinces, the municipalities on, are very specific to unlocking delivery bottlenecks. It is no longer support in general. It is. It has to be specific specific to delivering a specific output. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, Chairperson, the members will be appreciating that 
the public service wage bill has been kept. But also relating to that is the fact that we are not allowed to employ more and more people, which therefore requires that for you to meet your objectives, you have to assemble the capacity differently. That's why, Chairperson, you seek the allocation, the use of consultants for these objectives. It's unavoidable under the circumstances. Um, Chair, I think um, I must also, Chair, confirm that the access or rather the assembly of land across all of these programs is a very important ingredient. And therefore, we have made provision through the Housing Development Agency working with provinces and municipalities that land be identified upfront, land be secured, whether you buy it, you lease it, you enter into land swaps, but that secured to support these programs. Of course, Chairperson, the practice of communities sometimes orchestrated through certain syndicates in invading and occupying land unlawfully undermines these efforts. And therefore, we are comfortable that the law is able to take its course in certain instances, but where there's plans and communities are alive to that, they are able to be patient. And many communities have been supporting government programs in this regard, understanding the integrated development plans of municipalities, knowing when the services will get to them, and therefore when new housing opportunities will open. That has made possible for these programs to roll out. And therefore, Chair, it is a risk. However, it's a risk that we are comfortable that it's mitigated. It gets worse if there are syndicates that are working to undermine local governance and planning and therefore proper regulation. Chairperson, I thought I must stop there. Uh, my colleagues would um, add if I've missed something. Uh, thank you, Chair. I'm just going to check with uh, Ms. Uh, Lucy Bele. I'm here, um, Never. Lucy, I uh, just know if, you want to, if there's any points that you wanted to take. That are relevant to regarding the budget cuts. I'll deal with two issues. Honorable Chairperson, members um, of the portfolio committees, um, DMs, colleagues, I'll be dealing with two issues regarding the budget cuts. Um, the Honorable Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee for Human um, Settlements asked that is the budget cut based on the performance of the grants. Chairperson, the answer is yes and no. Because when you look at the budget cuts, it's more than the unspent funds from the previous financial years. So therefore, yes, when National Treasury are looking at the budget cuts, they do look at the prior uh, performance of the grants. For the past five years or three years, the Urban Settlement Development Grant, which is transferred to metropolitan municipalities, was not performing well. And when you look at the budget cuts, it's also based on that. Also, the budget cuts on the um, Human Settlement Development Grant, we haven't spent 100%. When you look at the prior performance, we've been spending 98, 99, 98, 99. However, when you look at the budget cuts for this financial year, the 14.6 billion is the biggest that we have had so far. So 
it's not about the performance only of the grant. It's also the fiscal performance. It's also the fiscal status of the country. Yes. So when you look at what the Minister of Finance announced during the uh, midterm budget policy statement, is the performance of the country as a, of the economy of the country as a whole. Therefore, we had suffered as human settlements the 14.6 billion cuts. And um, Honorable Powell did ask the question regarding the, the impact on the grants, whether we're going to cut, how are we going to cut, and if ever we'll be able to forward the breakdown of the cuts. Let me confirm that the allocation to provinces and municipalities is based, is formula based. The allocation formula that we are using, it takes into account the sensitivity from the statistics SA. So on that formula that we are using, we look at the population size of the province, we look at the share of poverty, the 70% looks at the inadequate housing. So when we look at the inadequate housing, the share of population size and the share of, proper, of, of poverty, then we do the allocation formula. So we take the annual allocation, we, we're going to take out the, 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 the cut, then we're going to allocate as per the allocation formula. So no province, I want to confirm that we are not going to rob or, 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 or take more of what is expected from one province and least from another province. The cut will be done equally amongst all provinces and the municipalities. Therefore, we will forward a breakdown on the allocation and the impact of the cuts on the urban settlement development grants and also on the human settlement development grants. The last question, um, Honorable Tegi did ask about why don't we have the budget for informal settlements upgrading in district municipalities. Remember, as human settlements, we are having two biggest grants, which is the Human Settlement Development Grant, which is transferred to provinces, and the Urban Settlement Development Grant, which is transferred to metropolitan municipalities. And also, the informal settlements are based on these two grants. It is important to know that the Human Settlement Development Grant is transferred to the province. And the partnership grant, informal settlement partnership grant, that is transferred to the province. Included in the province, you have got your metropolitan municipalities, district municipalities, local municipalities, and all those municipalities. So what we are doing, we are saying that we need an integrated planning between the metros and the province. So we request the province to submit the status of the informal settlements within the province. So the province will submit all the status of the informal settlements in the province, taking into account the informal settlements in the uh, metros, the informal settlements in districts, and the informal settlements in the local municipalities. From there, we request the province and the metro to agree which informal settlements will be taken care of by the metro and then the province will be able to look at the informal settlements outside the metropolitan municipality. So that's when, when they submit the upgrading plan, they are able to show us that these are the municipalities in the districts, this is the municipalities in the local municipalities, and then the um, metro will submit the upgrading plan of the informal settlements within the metro. So yes, there are budget that is looking at the informal settlements of the secondary cities and the local uh, municipalities. Thank you, Chair.
thank you, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, I'll just ask you. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Mr. Mongo is on, but uh, I know the last time I checked, she was. Cindy. Um. Thank you, Acting DG. Um, good morning, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, DM. Um, I did not have a specific question um, to answer um, on the questions that were posed yesterday, um, um, uh, Chairperson. Okay. Uh, thank you, Cindy. Chair, Chair, what I'll do is I'll just cover some of the points that uh, were were not addressed or uh, not covered uh, both by my colleagues. Uh, Chair, just on the on the on the first point, if if the around the question of the rectification program, I just want to reiterate, Chair, the program does exist uh, in the in the in the policy. However, in terms of the revision of the approval process, MECs must make a substantive motion to the minister to justify why a rectification allocation should be made. And this is particularly around the question that over a number of years, uh, there's been a huge amount of criticism around the fact that warehouses had to be rectified. Uh, developers, together with those persons that were responsible for constructing the houses, uh, there was not adequate uh, uh, controls put in place. So, so it then remains the responsibility of the province together with the NHPRC to make sure that where a rectification program or project is initiated, it is done so uh, and there is a proper justification. Chair, just to indicate uh, on the issue around the question of the sh uh, social, uh, social rental housing units, Chair, the SHRA will be, present, uh, will be appearing before the committees uh, and 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 they are the currently the uh, implementing agent. They're an, they're an entity of the department, uh, and they have the, their entire program forms part of their strategic and annual performance plan. Uh, Chair, there was the there was the question around the question of the challenges encountered on the N2 gateway. Chair, I think that the given the fact that the N2 gateway was was what we call. Uh, one of those pilot projects which uh, looked at and more integrated a more fast track and a more uh, sustainable program. Uh, there, there were a number of, 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 of uh, issues that did come up, which all of them were, have been addressed. But I think just, just to include it, included uh, some of the challenges that uh, we did encounter, uh, the province did encounter, was identification of land. Uh, and then one of the big issues which we learned from was compliance with court uh, judgments, particularly in relation to consultation with communities. Chair, the first phase of that project is nearing completion, and the second phase is in consult uh, is nearing uh, is nearing completion. Uh, and the province uh, uh, it, it forms part of the provincial uh, uh, plans that have we, we we've been approved uh, we've approved. Chair, the, the point around the Northern Cape where houses have been built with the industrial area, I think Mr. Mr. Leshabani has uh, covered that, Chair, but I think it's just important if we could get the details of the exact area, but we can look at it, uh, and then we can have the province respond when the province does uh, appear before the committee. 
and hopefully that will probably be dependent on when they when 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 that's scheduled. On the issue around the question of roles of provinces in availing land, Chair, just to indicate uh, that an IMC has been established on, on land reform, and that's chaired by the Deputy President. And one of the key issues or one of the key tasks of that IMC is to ensure that the release of state and public land is resolved. Uh, because one of the things that one of the criticisms that we've had to deal with is that we cannot have a situation where the state is lethargic in, its, in the way that it releases land. Uh, and then there's accusations made against the public and private. So in many respects, uh, there's a substantial amount of progress that has been uh, uh, achieved in that. And as a department, we have a joint committee with rural development, public works, uh, public enterprises, transport, as well as COCTA, which, which, which acts as a clearinghouse in respect of, 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 of uh, land. Chair, the, the issue around the question of the uh, performance of the departments, uh, and I'll just speak uh, for, for human settlements, Chair, in relation to how the 2019-2024 uh, MTSF was developed is born out of an evaluation jointly between ourselves, DPME, National Treasury, and the Presidency, and it includes Chair taking into consideration uh, what has been achieved, what has not been achieved, the good, the bad, out of the 20 and the 25-year review of government. And hence, you'll see that, that, that those areas that we've not covered and not performed well have, 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 have been re uh, are now included, and there's a, and there's a substantial amount of uh, better oversight and correction of how we do that. One of those is, for example, the title deeds. Will the, I mean, Chair, there was a point around the question of the MTSF targets and likely change due to the impact of COVID. Chair, I think that's probably best dealt with by, by, by the deputy ministers and the minister. But I think it's, it's at an appropriate stage. I'm sure that that, that cabinet together with, with National Treasury will announce uh, together with DPME uh, and, 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 and we'll, we'll, we'll get in, we'll, we'll take guidance from, 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 from that. Uh, Chair, the, 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 just to indicate, the provinces, together with the metropolitan municipalities, uh, will appear before the committees uh, in which they detail in clear and unequivocal terms how, uh, in terms, how the allocations that we make available to them is going to be spent per district, per municipality, uh, and in certain instances, they even have the have the the, the ability to go, uh, you know, into a deeper level. But that is done, and it, and it's available and will be available uh, uh, as and when re required. But but when they appear before the committees, uh, it you, you uh, the committees will get uh, insight into that. Chair, just uh, I just wanted there was. There, there was a point around the question of, of, of uh, Honorable Nguesi, around the question of the houses to be built in the various areas. Chair, just to indicate, the allocations that we get from province is based on a formula around, around, around uh, 
around human settlements, which we receive from, from National Treasury. That formula, there's a formula that then gets used, which determines the allocations that are made to provinces. So it takes into consideration poverty levels, income levels, uh, migration, both in and out. And on the basis of that, that allocation is determined. So you'll see on an annual basis, the, the, the information that's provided by Stats SA is taken into consideration because if a province is, is, is where there's out migration and there's in migration, obviously that formula would have to be amended. So I think that you know, the, 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 the policy issues around, around how we deal with uh, urbanization, uh, I think there's a substantial amount of literature around that. And, and one of the things I think we need to deal with as a country is that there is urbanization. In many respects, that urbanization includes the urbanization of poverty, and particularly in relation to urbanization of poverty, that is manifested in the informal settlements upgrading, and that's how we have to be able to undertake that. Chair, the, the provinces in relation to the PHP that are not uh, 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 implementing that, Chair is Houting, uh, Eastern Cape, and 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 the Northern Cape, which 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 we we, but it's an issue that we've said, uh, and the directive has been issued that given the Zenzeleni, together with the uh, release of service stands, that there will be no excuse, and 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 we will then ensure that those respective provinces implement it, because it's it's an issue that we will have to be able to do that. Uh, how many BNG recipients are still owning their houses? Jay, we have done an evaluation of that, uh, and particularly given the numbers, uh, and that, and 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 I'll get the team to send that to all of the members together with yourselves, Chair, uh, in which there's been a detailed analysis done of the impact of the subsidy, subsidy program in terms of development, in terms of asset uh, uh, ownership. Uh, and one of the things that came out of that was that there's, 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 there's a very small percentage, although that percentage seems to be large in terms of numbers. If you take that we delivered almost 4.5 million uh, subsidized housing opportunities, then the percentages around the number of people that have sold their houses uh, is relatively, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of, of rationality, is, is is small. But then we must also ensure, and and we 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 in a more deep dive to say that sometimes what happens is that when people sell their houses, not in all cases, but in in in, in certain instances, that is done to be able to buy another house. So there's a substantial amount of secondary market activity that takes place. And one of the things that we know, the lack of title deeds also hampers uh, households to be able to either uh, deal in the secondary market, sell their house, get into a bigger house. Uh, and, and, and that's the nature of, of, of how we all uh, uh, develop. I, I, just the last uh, uh, last point around the question of the missing middle, the land allocated. Chair, the Integrated Residential Development Program 
ensures that in any development, integrated development, we must cater for all incomes. And you'll see that over a number of years, we have not performed well in the FLISP. And the FLISP is particularly a subsidy aimed at the affordable, those households that cannot, uh, uh, that do not qualify for a housing subsidy, uh, and therefore they fall uh, within that that category of machine middle. So, so there was poor performances by the provinces. We've now, and, and, and in the presentation from the budget, it was indicated that we've then given that to the NHFC, uh, and the NHFC working together with the with the banks are making sure that households get that subsidy uh, in which they then use to either reduce their, their, their bonds or be able to utilize that for a deposit. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. I'm, I'm advised that the DPM is also here. I just want to check with the DG from DPMG. Is there any question that you want to respond to? Good morning, Chair. It's uh, Hassan Mohammed from DPME. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, uh, there were, I think, if I recall, two questions uh, that were directed at uh, DPME. So with your permission, if I may be allowed to respond. Yes, you can. Thank you. Um, the, the first question related to, um, you know, whether a proper analysis was done uh, of, uh, of the department in terms of their previous performance. Uh, I think uh, the acting DG um, uh, touched on it and, and responded to part of that. So I just want to reinforce that and say yes, you know, that the um, uh, a, a fair amount of analysis was done. These included through the 25-year review, as uh, the acting DG pointed out, uh, and as uh, members of the portfolio committee will will know, that uh, you know that that was concluded, and it had a special emphasis on the last five years, ending 2019. The further analysis that was done was also um, uh, related to the evaluations which the actually DG of the key programs in human settlements, which the acting DG touched on as well. Uh, we did in uh, members will recall in October, I think it was uh, last year at the Taj Hotel, gave the uh, members of the portfolio committee an overview of also the performance of the Human Settlements Department with respect to the NTSF targets. So, so all of these pieces of analytical work informed the Human Settlements component of the new MTSF. In other words, it helped us frame the baseline with the, with the department, as well as uh, on that basis, shape the new outcomes and targets, which are reflected in the MTSF, and as you also saw in their strategic plans and APPs. Uh, the second question was on future projections in the light of COVID-19. Uh, this is a bit of a, a, a tough one because, the, of course, the 
total ramifications and implications of the COVID-19, coupled with the sort of virtual shutdown of the economy, is uh, still unfolding and its implications are not clear. But we do know that as part of the 500 billion injection which the president announced, 134 billion of that will have to be recovered from current budgets. So, you know, I want to I want to say that even at the start of the year, despite the cuts which the CFO of Human Settlements uh, brought to our t- attention, we would like to commend commend the uh, the minister and her team about how they managed those cuts, that 15 billion cut, and still retain focus on the key priorities, uh, as 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 was indicated in the APP. However, we do expect, uh, uh, you know, the uh, you know the COVID-19 pandemic uh, uh, to to have uh, uh, further implications for how reprioritization will have to happen. So DPME is preparing for that. We are meeting with, uh, of course, National Treasury to see where the 134 billion will come from and, and the implications it will have for the various programs of government. Um, we also aware that, you know, of course, the construction industry and, and so on are also all uh, not necessarily at full operation or hardly in operation that we would expect building activity in the case of human settlements to continue to be at a very low ebb. So in, in short, I want to say that the uh, COVID-19 future projections will uh, become much more clearer as we get some of the uh, information regarding budget reprioritization and how the uh, lockdown begins to ease over time. Uh, and, and on that basis, I know our minister and cabinet has informed us to start thinking about what does it mean for the review of the MTSF. So that, that is in process, but as I said, as the conditions become clearer, we'll know exactly what it means for uh, future projections. I want to, however, say that the positive things uh, around the COVID-19 response, and in particular, the response by the, by the department is, is welcoming. Uh, and in the way that they've responded, I think it, it is laying the, the basis for, even under these tough conditions, it's laying the basis to fix some of the most pressing problems we have faced up to this point. So for example, access to reliable water, uh, decent sanitation, improving living conditions in informal settlements, and overcrowded townships. And, um, you know, if the department continues in, in, in its current fashion, I think we will, we will nevertheless come out much better despite the COVID-19 uh, pandemic uh, around issues of access to water and sanitation and better living conditions. Uh, thank you, Chair. That's my response. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Hassan, for the uh, information shared to the com- to the committees as well. Honorable members, we have received the budget from the department. We have also received the APP of the department in relation to 
They are medium-term strategic framework. We have received two presentations uh, from the DPME as well as from State South Africa. We now fully understand what is the situation. And in all intents and purposes, questions have been answered by the department. And now we need to chart a way forward. The way forward is as follows. One, we are still to receive uh, the presentation from the Department of Water and Sanitation. With the information that we received yesterday, it will indeed help us to understand better what the department is doing and impact positively in changing the lives of our people. We are still to receive as well the presentations from the institutions, institutions like the National Housing Finance Corporation, SHRA, HDA, and all the institutions that are count to the department. We still have to engage with those particular institutions. And where we see it, obviously we are quite disturbed. It is concerning that over the MTF period, the department has Hello, lost Hello. Can you put your camera on, please? Is camera not on? No. Is it on now? Is it on? Not uh, yet. We can see him on the camera. Okay. It's on on our side. Can camera is on. We can we can see Comrade China. The voice yeah, is they on can the see camera. Yeah. Okay. Well, can we see you, Colisa? Yes, all that was saying come closer to the mic. Yes, I try my best under the circumstances. All that I was sure. saying is that we have this kind of information at our disposal. We need to compile the reports and therefore consider the reports to the committees as a way of ad adopting those particular reports uh, moving forward. Now, I really want to check with members with the time that we have, about 20 minutes or so. If they don't have anything to say, it's okay, it's well and good. But if there are pressing, pressing issues, and especially suggestions and recommendations to make to the department, uh, we could take some few hands from honorable members to make those particular inputs. If they are not, I think we will have to round up the meeting and uh, and then adjourn it. But I want to check with honorable members whether is there any specific question, not question, recommendation or suggestion that you want to make, especially based on the budget, the APP, as well as the strategic framework of the of the department. I'm sure it could be useful if we allow that opportunity uh, to, to the honorable members. Anyone? Colleagues are direct me, those who raise their hands, uh, just indicate that to me so that we afford them that opportunity. Uh, hello, Chairperson. For now, I uh, don't have any indication. Uh, Mr. Mashiro, do you want to say something? Yes, Chair. I wanted to, say, to just to say that yesterday I did ask that uh, the level three uh, of... Um, the human settlement upgrading, I mean, the, the, the informal settlement upgrading, need to be unpacked and be explained to society for us to understand 
Why does this level mean? How does it help those that are awaking to be helped by that particular? Because as, as we speak, we do not foresee a possible eradication of informal settlement. Therefore, the, the, that grading of that development is necessary for us to know and uh, to can answer the communities and when they raise as to when are they going to be upgraded. So that question I raised yesterday it was not it was not answered. But even the issue of um, the categorization of the best paying, the best uh, service rendering municipalities, uh, percentage vis-a-vis numbers. That, but I think uh, we'll talk about that later. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Uh, any other hand, Comrade China. Yeah, can I come in? Comrade China, Member Tseki. Yeah, we are honorable members by Koliswa because he's aware who is who's raising his or her hand. Koliswa is honorable Tseki. Honorable Tseki, honorable Mushala will follow. Okay. Thank you, can, can I also thank come you? In? Thank you very much. We have, have raised issues on the chart. Please check the chart as well. Honorable members, just a few raising issues on that chart. Yes. Just wait a bit. Honorable just wait a bit. Just wait a bit. Honorable members, there is a button on top of your screen. If you want to talk, please just press it, raise your hand. Uh, Kolisa will note you and she will give that indication that you raise your hand, unlike inter interrupting the meeting. Honorable Sir, it's on the platform. We would know if you have raised your hand that you want to speak. Please. Yeah, thank but, you, but Chair. The other, option, Chair, the other option we were given was to put our statements on the chat, and that's what many people have done. There are people who have said on the chat they want to raise follow ups, they want to make recommendations. So, Kolisa must also check the chart as well. Okay, sure. All right, thank progressive, you. Progressive, progressive. Honorable Toya. Thank you, thank you, Chair. Okay. Chair, there's an issue. I'm just taking advantage from what you are saying that if there's an urgent matter that we want to raise. I was watching the news yesterday. The disaster intervention that should have happened in KZN you remember on the houses that were attacked by the storm, the people there are saying that they are almost a year staying in a, a hall, a community hall, and the department has not responded. I was just indicating probably the department can comment or in the next meeting the department must give us a report on the intervention of that uh, a storm of KZN. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honorable Mosala. Thanks so much, uh, Chairperson. Yesterday, I also asked a question with regards to the issue of uh, land and housing. As we know, housing and land is a precondition for reducing poverty. But yet, millions of people or majority of the people are still being evicted. 
from their places where they are staying, the issue of lowly and others. So my question was, what is the government doing? What is the Department of Human Settlement doing together with the department dealing with issues of land to ensure that our people have security? Thank you. All right, thank you very much, Honorable Koya. Yeah, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, the, the, the question that I asked was not responded to, but now I want to come back in a form of a recommendation because I can see the department does not have an answer. I am referring to people who do not need money from government, who do not need houses from government, who can build their own houses but they do not have land. And when they want land, they would be told that, no, this land is, 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 is secured for a particular uh, uh, category of houses that would be built. I'm saying the department must consider making land available for people who can afford to build houses, but people who can't afford to go to the bank and make loans. There are such people, and they must also be taken care of. So I'm raising it now as a recommendation because it was not responded to. The second recommendation I want to make, Chair, is with regards to the, the title deeds. In some areas, for instance here in the Northern Cape, there was a problem with conveyances. The title deeds were not available because there was a problem with conveyances. The department needs to build their own internal capacity for conveyancing so that we don't have a problem with conveyances that make our people wait for years just to access title deeds. So that's another thing. Lastly, Chair, the industrial area I'm talking about is on the N12 next to the Shell Ultra City. They said they need that information. If they can if if they can just raise that on the N12 next to the Shell Ultra City, that's where they will see those houses that are built in the industrial area. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Koya. Honorable Zandamela, you are the last. Hey, uh, no, thanks, Chair. My, the question that I asked yesterday, it was also not uh, answered. Uh, I asked the question about the, 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 uh, the municipalities that never got uh, uh, RDP houses. The last time they got RDP houses was in the, in the, in the administration of President Mandela. And I was not answered uh, that question. And uh, secondly, the second thing that I would like to ask is... Uh, is it possible that the department can give us the quarterly progress report uh, on their implementation of annual performance plan? So th those are the two questions, uh, things that I'm raising, Chair. Okay, thank you very much for the question. What's wrong, what's wrong, Chair? What's no, wrong? no, I got you, I got you, I got you very well. Uh, those are the questions and recommendations Honorable Twitter, over to you and the uh, acting DG. Who's starting? Sorry, Chairperson, there's one more member, Miss uh, Honorable Siopo oh. Sengwe. 
Honorable Cody, so I'll pass the same way. You can come in. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, I just wanted to make a follow-up on what actually, that was my question which uh, Honorable Kweia raised, but just a small follow-up on that to say, to ask the department as to the experience, don't they have any experience of uh, private uh, uh, attorneys who are doing transfers, um, charging exorbitant fees for those transfers? Because I see it as uh, be able to mis um, un undermine the delivery of title deeds. The second point is based on the, I know that the private sector is, is, is profit driven, but is the department not be able to um, um, interact with them in the spirit of Tumamina? linking with the Madiba Botsabelo Housing Accord, if you can remember, which was um, spearheaded by the late uh, Minister Josh Lovo, who asked, they were asking the, the private sector to participate in giving uh, schools, building schools and clinics for communities. Can they do the same as far as housing is concerned? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, honorable members. Over to you, Deputy Minister and Deputy DG. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear Hello. you. Hello? Yes, okay, thank you. you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Tadrozi. Honorable Tadrozi, let me, let me start with the, the, the question around eviction. Uh, it is not right to evict uh, people because most of the time it affects women and children. But the policies say if you evict people, you can't just evict without making sure that they have a place to stay. Much as we're not encouraging the land evasion, because land evasion has its own challenges, because you might invade invade the land which is already owned by somebody and that somebody will definitely go to police and say there are people that are uh, invading my land. So I want to make an example of um, the land which was evicted in the Western Cape. Those people, they've won the case. I think the minister Susulu was there. They've won the case because they stayed there for quite some time. And then they decided again, government, to say they're evicting those people. They want the case because you don't evict people without making sure that you know where you are taking them to. The other question, I think others will be, will be answered by the, by, by, by the DDGs. We have a problem as government. The mushrooming of the squatter areas is a problem. Maybe it's something that honorable members must actually assist the department. I want to make an example of the N2 gateway uh, in, in the Western Cape. I went there because I was asked by the community to go there because there was a problem of disabled that was evicted. Then I went there, I had a meeting with the community 
of around the, 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 the Western Cape, Kualanga. What I heard there, honorable members, is that we build houses, the end to gateway, all the flats that were built. The majority of people that are owning those flats are still staying in those quarter areas because they've given all those flats that we've built for them for rent to, to, to foreigners. That's the problem that we are dealing with, uh, honorable members. We build houses for people. We want to make sure that we eradicate the informal settlement. But even if we do so, some people don't actually, when you give them house, stay in those houses. Not everyone. Some of them, they don't. They, we still have people that are selling their houses, honorable members. And then again, go and two for another house. But fortunately, we now have a policy. We know that if you have given you the house, you are not going to get another one. But we're still struggling with people that are renting their housing to other people rather than staying in the, in the housing. But I want to agree with the uh, Honorable Mishale that eviction, it can be right because it always affects children and women. That is why we say it is, it is not right. But at the same time, we don't want to encourage people to invade the land as government. I think most of other questions, the issue of the disaster intervention in KZN, people that are staying in a hall. I know that the, the premier of, of, of KZN and also the MEC were talking about it because I got a report from a community of Mpumalanga that they have people that stayed in, in fact, they are still staying in the hall because they were evicted by some farmers and then they were given a hall and they were saying they've been staying there for eight years. As I'm speaking of members, I phoned the MEC. The MEC is working and, and on that, and people are going to get the houses. They are already building. Those are eight families. I think people from Bumalanga can make their own research. They're about to finish those houses because some evictions are evictions from farmers. People stay from farms for quite some time. When the farmers want to sell their houses, they evict people and they become the problem of, of, of government. So we don't throw those people away. We build houses for them like we did in Pumalang. But I don't have the details. I, want, I don't want to tell like members of parliament of when KZN is going to build houses or interventions by KZN. And I think I'll be helped by, by DDGs in, the, in that area. And, and, and thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I think the title did convey us I want the I would want to 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 assist I mean to to to, to request the the DG to assist me on the question of the of conveyors because it it it's something that is is, is dealt by the the, 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 the the official. I thank you very much, Comrade Jojozi. Oh, all right, thank you very much, Honorable Deputy Minister. DG, acting DG, over to you. 
please also respond to that question by Honorable Zandamel as well. Thank you. I'll do that. I'll do that, Chair. I just want to ask Mr. Leshabane to cover the issue around the disaster management in relation to KZN. Joseph, please. Thank you, Chairperson. The perhaps let me confirm, Chairperson, in the case of KZN and Eteguini, when the disaster struck, the we worked with the city and the province to assess the damage and all of that. But we then allocated the emergency housing assistance grant to both the province and the municipality. Now, to build emergency housing assistance uh, units for those families. Now, the province took far long to deliver those units, similarly the city. The engagements we've had with the province, with the city, was that they did not want to relocate those households in the same area that was disaster prone. And therefore, they wanted to then locate them in different areas, which are safer um, and possible to build into sustainable settlements. Now, Chairperson, this is the issue that we've raised with the committee in recent months to say once the province has money in their hands or the municipality and then there's a new priority or there's a shift of priority it then leaves the community stranded and frustrated now we that's a matter that is high on our agenda at the moment because the province and the city have money to deliver those emergency housing solutions to those families. That's what we are then engaging to be able to say, let's get on the ground, let's build the units, let's allocate to those aff affected families. Chairperson, I accept that this matter is long overdue, it's extremely urgent, and we should be able to come back to the committee with the progress that we are making with both the province and the municipality. Chairperson, the um, acting DG asked me to deal with one or two additional questions. Insofar as those municipalities in Mpumalanga that are now reported to not have houses built within their jurisdiction, Chairperson, I would very much plead, and I, I, we can follow up with Member uh, Zandamela, to obtain the details, because at the moment, um, I, I, I can't make any conclusive inputs in this regard, but it's a matter that we'll have to investigate and then bring back to the committee as such. Um, uh, I've got the details, Chair. You can contact me. I've got everything. The municipality uh, uh, and the, the region, everything I've got in DG. Thank you. I don't know how to get hear all the... of you so that I can hear them. Oh, yeah, oh, uh, if they, there's a way that I can get hold of you, Chepesi, uh, uh, oh, through no, you, Chair. We have noted that yes. point. At the end of this discussion, we'll develop a mechanism 
of you depositing that information to the department. I'll speak to that at the end. It's fine. Proceed, okay, sure. Mr. Lesabani. Thank you, Chairperson. The from where we sit, and we'll have to ex- specifically follow up on the Northern Cape question of conveyances and the problems encountered there. Uh, we'll follow it up. From where I sit, the Northern Cape has registered better performance on registration of title deeds. And therefore, I would want to uh, follow that matter up explicitly so that we know exactly what was the root causes of that problem as the member report. Chair, I also confirm that conveyances and the conveyancing fees are for purposes of the housing subsidy program, they are kept. And therefore, any conveyancer that we appoint, the fee, those fees are fixed. And therefore, there is no room to pay more because it's quantified as part of the subsidy breakdown. But Chair, again, we would want to assure the committee that where there's deviation, we would have to follow it through. At the moment, Chairperson, um, the cost drivers that are not just conveyancing fees, but they tend to be related to other matters where a beneficiary now must be traced where they are so that they can then finalize the conveyancing documents. That is a cost driver on the other. But, Chair, where this cost overruns, we will have to investigate this specifically and then be able to um, come to conclusion around those uh, issues. Um, Chair, as I said, the N2 and 12 Ultra City matter will uh, specifically investigate that and then uh, establish what is, again, the root causes in there and indicate what measures are required to change that situation. Um, the rest, Chairperson, I will leave to the acting DG. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chair. Chair, just a couple of points. On, on Member Mashefo's point around the question of the UISP in the Level 3, Chair, I think that's, that's, a, that's a recommendation that we'll take and make sure that as part of the process of the implementation, uh, there is proper dissemination and communication of information specifically in relation to what the UISP or the, 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 the process is, because it's quite a long one. And sometimes uh, communities do get frustrated, and many times it's frustration out of the fact that we don't communicate properly. Jay, okay. In relation to in relation to the 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 the, the point around the question of of, of uh, land, Jay, just to indicate, as I've indicated, there's a number of things that overlap. So, for example, you'll note that in Gauteng, there's the rapid land release program that Premier Makura announced. Now, that is part of the process which says that in a development, in any subsidized development, and I think it comes back to to member uh, uh, that raised the issue, Siopo Sengwe, the issue is that in a development, it allows for people who do not qualify or do not want a subsidy to actually 
gain access to a piece of land and then construct their, 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 their house. There's nothing that prevents that. And, and, and we've, we've issued directives around this and we've indicated that in our developments, that's why we call them mixed and integrated, there is nothing that dissuades or does not allow a member of the public who wants to be able to access a piece of land and then construct and use his or her own money because we know that some people have got savings and 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 they don't necessarily use banks so 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 that aspect is an aspect that we have now as part and you look at some of the documents that we presented is to allow for a situation where we direct provinces because one of the things that we've allowed chair in terms of the idp and 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 the concurrency is we've allowed provinces to to prioritize but sometimes we have to be able to interfere and i say that in inverted commas around whether or not there are proper allocations that are being made for specific pro pro uh, 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 projects because the issue around the of land is a major issue and the rapid land release the issue of the title deeds and i think dm's covered the issue around uh, evictions i mean the point that we've always and must uh, uh, instill, particularly in relation to officials, is we're not fighting the poor, we're fighting poverty. And you cannot fight uh, uh, that through an eviction process. Chair, I think the issue around the question of the the the, the Tumamina and, and the shared sacrifice uh, is an issue that, that forms an integral part of our 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 our, our strategy. And you'll note that on the, I think it was the 6th of Mar May, March, May uh, Minister had the stakeholder uh, 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 consultation, and we've got the signatories to that. So, so, so we're hoping to use that as a platform that says, as government, we're not going to do this alone, uh, and we've got to be able to have 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 have, have people. Uh, from the community and private sector assist. Uh, Chair, I hope I've covered everything, or we've covered everything there. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, okay, in the in the best circumstances you have, but just there, can you leave your email address now and your contact numbers for members in case that they have issues and emergencies like Honorable Zandamela to, to reach out to you? Anthony, did you, did you hear that? Chair, I'll do that. I'll, I've left my email address. I'll just put my cell phone uh, and, and office details. Thank you, Chair. Okay, fine. No problem. And that members will then access those so that they can reach you at any time, like at the level of water and sanitation. Anytime that the issues, the DG is there, the deputy minister is there, wake him up in the, in the middle of the night. The following day, he responds to my to my messages and this is what we must do this is how we must work in terms of making sure that we we attend to the issues and members are able to raise issues that needs that needs follow up having said that honorable members i think we have come to the conclusion of our meeting this was a very very good meeting that took more than uh, two days than expected and anticipated that clearly shows the need to address the issues of housing 
It clearly shows that these matters are of great concern to us and to our people because they directly impact on the lives of our people. And thank you very much, the department, for sharing this information with us. We do so noting the fact that the state has got to do everything in its power to ensure that they provide housing to, to the people. And with COVID-19, the situation is much worse and the need is much, is much greater than before. And we need to attend to these particular issues. We are quite aware that your budget has been cut. It is a matter of great concern to us, but we need to live with what we have and ensure that we deliver in the way that will change the fundamentals of our, of our society. On that note, I want to once more, honorable members. Thanks, uh, thanks, thank thanks, the honorable trainer, uh, Chairperson. Yes, thank you very much for, thanks, for attending this meeting and thank you Chair very Pesci. much for, for honoring us. Honorable Pesci. Pesci. is okay. The meeting, yes, there was 10 again. I, can you, you just give me, Chairperson Hello. I was just want to say uh, thank you for holding this meeting. And uh, uh, it's okay, Honorable Mutsama. It's okay. We we doing our no, job. No, I want you people to improve the way you hold. You handle the can meeting. You, can today. you just allow me to close the meeting? It's okay, Honorable. No, 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 no. Bye bye. Bye bye. The meeting is closed. The meeting is adjourned. It's okay. It's okay. We will talk about those things outside this uh, this platform. Thank you very much, <laughs> honorable members. Uh, thank you. You are welcome. Thanks.